Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. Well, do I have some good news for you today? That's right. We're going to talk again about giving this week because last week we talked about why you should give. And if you don't mind, I'd like to go back over that real quick in case you missed that podcast, or you can always go back and get it from uh, the podcast player. If you haven't already subscribed, it was for August the 29th is the date of it. So let's talk a little bit more about why you give. And last week we talked about Luke 6, 38, and it says this, Give and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's from Luke 6, 38. So we talked about give and it will be given to you. That's why you give. Now, it, 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 people were talking about why do you give to get. I do not give to get. I give and I get. I don't have any choice in the Well, actually I do. I can turn it down. I can say, no, Lord, I don't want you to give me any gifts whatsoever. I'll just do it on my own. Or you can say, okay, Papa, I'll take what you have for me. That's the answer that God wants, because when you do that, then he's going to give you more to give. Remember, we talked last week about God gives seed to the sower and bread to the, for the eating, and he increases your store of seed. Why does he do that? Why does he increase the store of seed? It's because he knows he can trust you to continue the flow that you give and it'll be given to you and you give and it'll be given to you and you give and it'll be given to you and it just keeps going and going and going. When it stops is when we say, when we say no to him, when we say, no, I'm not going to take any more or I, I can't do that or it's too big for me. Uh, we had an opportunity one time to give a thousand dollars kind of nice. Now, some of you are like, oh, you shouldn't ever tell what you give. You should always tell what you give. The only time you don't tell what you give is when you're giving to a person that doesn't have anything, when you're giving alms to the needy. But Jesus even talked about the lady that was given uh, the two small coins in the church treasury, how important that was. So he recognized it. So don't be ever, ever be afraid to share with other people what you give because it encourages them. Matter of fact, uh, we talked about uh, last week, my local Christian radio station that did their fundraiser. They always talk about what people give because it encourages people to give more. It makes people feel like that they're, and I don't want this phrase, but it's the best one I can come up with at the moment. They want to be on the bandwagon. They want to be part of what's going on. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, there is a, b- a book out called How to Be Happy Giving Your Money Away. You can find it on the internet, How to Be Happy Giving Your Money Away. And you ought to look it up because it, it talks about that level of giving. How to give, not sacrificially. There's nothing in this verse that talks about sacrifice. It just says give and it'll be given to you. It's not give sacrificially and be given to you. Give more than you have and it'll be given to you. No, it just says give and it'll be given to you. So we know now why to give. That's why we give is because it continues a flow in our life and it's a flow that God wants us to have. So how much do we get back? Well, and, and this is very interesting when you read it. It says it's a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. As a matter of fact, if you read it in the original Greek, which I don't understand Greek, but I know where the uh, dictionary is, it says a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running abundantly over. Like it's just, 
going everywhere. It's like when your two-year-old is pouring milk for everybody. You know how that goes. It fills to the top of the glass, and then, oh, I forgot to stop. So it goes everywhere. That's the idea. That's the picture. So what is a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over? Well, that's hard to answer because given it'll be given to you, how do I determine and how does God determine what, what I'll get back? And how does he determine where it comes from? Well, let me tell you, this is a cool thing, too. First Sunday, we were at Faith Life Church, where we go now. This has been in uh, 2005. Pastor Gary Cassie preached from this verse, given it'll be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And he said, so in that verse, guys, where does, uh, where does it come from? When it comes back to you, where does it come back from? And I'm like, well, that's God. And he goes, no, Terry, that's not what it says. Read it again. Some versions of the verse say men will pour into your lap. Some some say they will. Here it just says will be. Well, where does it come from? It comes from other people. I mentioned last week and I mentioned frequently that God doesn't have a checkbook. It always comes from other people. He prompts people. And if they do what they're supposed to do, they'll give or they'll pour into your lap or whatever happens. Maybe it's business that just grows exponentially and you can't explain it. That's how that happens. So it comes from other people. So when we give and it's given back to us, it comes from other people. So that means you have to be willing to accept things from other people. Whether Now, you know, we don't have any trouble with that. When Nay and I sell a bag of uh, pretzels from Snacks with a Twist, which is her business, we don't have any trouble charging them more than what we got. All right. So as a matter of fact, if we didn't charge them more than what we had in the pretzels, it'd be a charity. We don't want a charity. We're running a business and a business is supposed to be, okay, I'm taking something. I'm going to make it for $2 and I'm going to sell it for five. That's profit. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. The Bible says not, it's not, it's not money's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. And so when you get in a verse like this, Luke six thirty eight, and it's given, it'll be given to you. Oh, you know, you're just, all that church wants is my money. Hey, let me tell you a little secret about retail. Okay. All that Kohl's wants is your money. All that Kroger wants is your money. All that Ford Motor Company wants is your money. All that Microsoft wants is your money. And in each case, when you give money to them, they're giving you something that's worth a little less than what you paid for it. Now, why is that? Why would they do that? That just doesn't seem honest and doesn't seem fair. Well, think about it for just a minute. If they weren't giving you something that was worth a little less than what you paid for it, they wouldn't make any profit, now would they? So they have to price it a little above what they what they uh, put into it. See, I know on our pretzels, to the penny, what it costs us to bag a bag of pretzels. And I know we make money on every bag we sell. As a matter of fact, one of the, one of the key things that I told Nay when we went into business is if you're going to be in business, we have to make money on every bag we sell. And if you're going to make money, you have to know what your cost is. So we have to cost everything and then we have to set our prices. You don't do it the other way around. So that's true, but a lot of people don't do that, and they wind up, they don't have a business, they've got a hobby that they just pour money into over and over and over again. Now, we have to put money into our business, too, sometimes, just the way it goes sometimes. We'll have to put money in, and then we'll get a big order, and it gets filled, and, you know, profit comes. But what I'm trying to say through all of that is, is that 
All of those businesses I mentioned, Kohl's and Kroger and Walmart I didn't mention, but all those businesses, Amazon, they all give you something that's worth a little bit less than what you gave them. But when you give to God, he gives you more than what you gave. He promises it right here, Luke 6, 38. This is Jesus speaking because it's in red. So given, it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. So it's more than you gave. And it comes from other people. And that bothers people sometimes because they don't want to receive. Remember, I talked a while back about uh, people giving things to uh, and I didn't want to receive it. As a matter of fact, I t- told the last uh, podcast, uh, the last episode, I-, I mentioned the fact that we had somebody come and put a whole bunch of stuff on our back porch. And uh, to this day, I don't know where it came from. Later, I was working at a Christian radio station in Louisville and um, I got fired. And um, and a group of men came to me from my church and they said, we want to do this and this for you until you get back on your feet because we think you getting fired was unjust. I did too. So they did. And for about a month, we received it. So it was groceries. Uh, they bought us a new washing machine because we needed one. There were just things like that. But the enemy will come in and try to cut that off. And so he cut it off by guilt, can't take it anymore. And so there was a period of time, I think when I went back to work, I said, well, we won't need your help anymore. And honestly, that was probably the time we could have used it the most. And so, or at least as much as we had. And so I cut that off. I allowed the enemy to cut that off. What does he use to cut that off? He uses guilt. Now, if you think about guilt, guilt never has an end. There's no end to guilt. Any of you that have been in a church that teaches guilt know that guilt never ends. And there's a reason for that. It's because it is corrupted conviction. See, God will convict you, and then he'll show you a way out of it. But the enemy will use conviction and guilt you into something that you can never get out of. It's a corruption of conviction. So when you're convicted of something by God, he gives you an out. He's like, oh, I know, you know, you, and you feel that in your heart and your mind. You're like, oh, no, Lord, I meant to, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't, oh, I forgive you. And now once the Lord's forgiven you and there's conviction and there's repentance and you've turned away from it, there's no guilt. God doesn't want to, he doesn't call you guilty. He calls you son or daughter. He doesn't call you guilty. Jesus took all the guilt we had on the cross. So anytime somebody tries to lay guilt on you, they just don't know what they're doing. So forgive them and move on because guilt is not a fruit of the Spirit. Let me, let's go over them real quick. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There they are. Guilt in there? No, guilt is not in there. Guilt will never be in there. You can't have your guilt. If you find that coming in when somebody's trying to give you, oh, I feel guilty taking that. Why? Why would you feel guilty taking that? Who said to be, who said to feel guilty? Who is it speaking into your life saying, oh, you need to feel guilty over that? Nobody. It, well, it's the enemy. It's the enemy speaking into your life. Because again, when we read that verse, Luke 6, 38, given, it'll be given to you, pressed down and shaken together and running over a good measure, all that stuff. And you read that and you're like, where does guilt come in there? I, I guilt given, it'll be given to you with guilt. No, it doesn't say that in there anywhere. It's give and it will be given to you. So when you feel guilt coming on and you're like, oh, I shouldn't take that. <clears throat> Ask where that's coming from. Cause I guarantee you it's not from God. Now there are people that will manipulate giving. 
And let me explain what I mean by that. So let's say that you want influence with some. I've seen this happen with people that I know that are wealthy or well-off or at least influential. Okay, maybe they may not be wealthy. They may just be influential. And people will give them things to get things from them. Now, that's a corruption of what it says here, given it will be given to you. So given it will be given to you is a spiritual principle. But give so it will be given to you is not. So you hear the difference? Give and it will be given to you, or give and so it will be given to you, is a different word altogether. So you never want to give to receive, but understand that when you give, you will receive. And that's a tough line to hoe. And it and quite frankly, a lot of churches are really good at teaching you should give because boy, if you don't give, we're gonna go, we're gonna have to shut the doors. Well, frankly, if you don't know any of these teachings, you might have to shut the doors because you're not being a good steward of what God has provided for you. Now, when I say the word good steward, what came to your mind? Pension pennies? Uh Uh-huh. So maybe that. Maybe it was, well, I just want to do the right thing. Okay, explain that to me. Explain to me what doing the right thing means. See, what that all comes out as is, um, I feel guilty about taking it. I really do. And frankly, when you feel guilt coming on, you have to condemn it. You have to speak to it. You know, the Bible says that there's power of life and death in the tongue. And if and he who eats it fruit will live by I mean, you're going to live by the power of the tongue. And remember, there's power of life and death. So you can speak death to something. I really believe that. Jesus did it when he, when he cursed the fig tree. But I also believe that you can speak life to it, like he did when he said, Lazarus, come out. So that that's life. God didn't think the universe into existence. He spoke the universe into existence. And when we forget that, when we forget the power of our tongue, we can get ourselves in trouble. So when we say, I don't deserve that, well, that's an orphan. When I say, oh, I don't need that, well, that's an orphan. When I say, I can't take that from you because I'd feel guilty, well, that's an orphan spirit. It means you don't know who your father is and you don't know what your father wants to get to you. And your father wants to get all things to you because he says he will provide all you need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so when you deny it, you're like, well, God, you really don't know what I need. Think about that statement for a minute. All right, so we spent a week talking about why you should give. We talked a week about how you should receive. And now we're going to talk next week about how much you get back. Ooh, that'll be good. I'll be here. Why don't you join me? Our website is quizthediz.com. You can reach me at terry at quizthediz.com. Subscribe to my podcast. I appreciate it. Let uh, let your friends know about it. And be sure to rate it on your favorite podcast app. Hey, tell everybody you've learned why and how to give over the last couple of weeks. And next week, we're going to tell you how much you get back. Okay? Remember, God has a plan for you, and we're here to help you find it. The Quiz That Is podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz That Is.